I would always facilitate bringing in my leaders and say, look at this training. Is this the way we would do it? And get the, your team, your crew leaders in a round table, your job leaders um, and your painters and say, is this the way you would want to train them? And let them tweak that training to what they, because this is the way we do it here. We don't do it like East Coast. We don't do it like the West Coast. Make it ours and now get them to buy in that that's, now we've got to have, now we have to train our apprentices to do it our way. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Out of the Hourglass, a podcast channel presented by Nolan Consulting Group. We're back today with your resident podcast host, Colin Nolan, and Colin is joined by a new guest to the podcast, Steve Talkington. Steve is both an NCG business coach as well as Summit member. Steve is the president of Lancaster Painting located in Turlock, California. Colin and Steve are bringing you a discussion on understanding the role that apprentices play and the potential that they can bring to your company. The hiring of an apprentice is a culture mindset, from the training to the type of person you're bringing in. In a time when hiring and recruiting issues continue to persist, looking outside the box for new people not typical in the industry is key. How can we take folks who have the behaviors or personality and teach them how to produce? Across any industry, this concept can be applied, but it's really the team that must get behind you and bring them into the fold. Out of the Hourglass is a podcast channel dedicated to helping small business owners and contractors visualize their goals, develop high-performing teams, and build sustainable growth. It's time to get out of the hourglass. All right, welcome Steve Talkington to the Out of the Hourglass podcast. How are you doing, Steve? Great, great. Thanks, Colin. Yeah, thanks, thanks for coming on. So the majority of people listening to this will probably know you um, and who you are, but but for those who don't, could you kind of tell us a quick kind of 30 seconds about, uh, about yourself and uh, the, the role that you, you kind of play? Sure. Um, well, I've, uh, Steve talking to you, I own Lancaster Painting uh, in, in California, and I'm also a, a coach, uh, a business coach with Nolan Consulting Group. Um, my role currently is uh, I've been out of the day-to-day of our business for about about seven years. I still run um, the uh, I'm still the I would say the CEO, and I run uh, management meetings, and uh, I in a in weekly production meetings, still involved in those, and support my team. Uh, but in the painting business, I've been in this for almost I I think we're pushing on 28 years in the painting business, and um, I think it's about what my role is at, at the moment. So yeah. Yeah. So you've, it's, I guess it's fair to say you've seen uh, your your fair share of apprentices over yeah, the, the, the yeah, years. You probably even had some apprentices that work for you move up to pretty high, crew leaders or even into sales positions. Is that, is that right as well? Yes. Yeah, definitely. You know, Raul, actually I have several uh, individuals that came on as apprentices with me that were um, you know, Rollo was my trainer. He's been with me 21 years, but he came on as a, he was my neighbor's son, came on uh, working in the summers and he's grown all the way up. Sergio uh, is my field supervisor uh, and he has been with me, I think 18, 17 years. Uh, he also was the apprentice. Um, he was actually a cousin of Raul that came in during high school. Um, so several, several of my team members have been with me. Jeff came on as an apprentice. He's a, one of my crew leaders. He's been here 18 years. Um, 
Philip was an apprentice. He's a crew leader, 15 years. Uh, so a lot of actually the, my, my core team have almost all came from an apprentice level at this point. Right. Starting I mean, out. It's a phenomenal example of why they're so important and why it's important to cultivate a culture yeah. um, that mm -hmm. looks to, to move them on from that level, obviously, as quick as they can. But so to kind of recap here, so we're, we're, we're going to have a discussion on and uh, talk about the understanding and the role that apprentices play in organizations, um, the kind of the culture and the mindset that people should be having around apprentices. So Steve, you have, as you just talked about, you've been painting yeah. for quite a long time and you, you also coach a handful of painting contractors. So you're in, in yeah. and around this pretty much nonstop. So from your experience with other painting contractors, um, and really I, we shouldn't even say painting contractors because every real trade really has yeah. a needs, needs apprentices, right? But more or less, could, could you kind of take us through the first 30 or so days of an apprentice? Um, what, what would you recommend? I guess, what do you do, right? You can speak from experience as far as um, first, first 30 days, the training involved, is it classroom, is it on the job? When do they become sure. productive? When do they contribute? What should be expected of them? Yeah. You know, um, sure. I think maybe one thing I could comment about the apprentice and my perspective the whole time, I'll, maybe I could just back up one second. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, uh, uh, you know, the, one of the things I found interesting with the train, with the trades I've been in a, my whole life has been in the trades. I did some plumbing. I, my, my dad had a cabinet, commercial cabinet shop. Um, and then I got into uh, kitchen and bath remodels. And the biggest thing was being able to have employees that you wanted. And so I early on, really, and I, when I got into the painting trade, it was by almost by mistake. I, I, I came into a business uh, that I, I ended up partnering up with an individual and then I ended up buying them out. But the thing that I needed to learn, I'm not a painter by trade. So I had to go find out information on how to do things and how to set things up. And that's when I joined the PDCA and some of their training and actually met Kevin, uh, Kevin uh, Nolan. And, uh, but the training, I always realized that if you don't train your people, then you'll end up you know, you, you, you'll end up uh, with without a team that knows what they're doing. So I've always really approached it from that angle. Um, so I, I, I really adapted early on with the PDCA talking about the training modules. And I took on some of their uh, their COP program uh, early on. It was the only thing we could find. It was very, uh, very technical. Uh, it was a, it was a little heavy on the training piece. So over the years, we've simplified that process uh, using the learning pathways that Nolan Painting's been doing. I've, I've you know, took some of those items and just tweaked those. And uh, we worked together with Webfoot and Albright to make. Uh, we've all just shared great uh, training and uh, continue to, to, to put those together. Um, as far as what it looks like for us, uh, we hire everybody uh, in our company for almost nine years. I think we are, we're, we're at almost nine years. Um, the only way to advance your pay with us is through training. So you have to. You, you know, we have, we don't deal, we don't deal with any individuals coming through and saying, Hey, I need another dollar. So it's, if you go through the training process, we've been on a scalable training process. You, you, you go through the training, you move up in pay. Um, and it's, uh, uh, so in our process on the first 30 days, what it looks like when we onboard, uh, we spend about the first four hours of, of an onboarding um, is spent with probably three hours is spent with uh, Dave, who is our safety 
uh, coordinator and he does job inspections, but he spends the first three to four hours signing them off on their ladder safety. He goes out in the behind the shop. He, he tests them. He sees how they're doing. Can they go up a ladder? Have they, do they have previous experience? And then he'll rate them on what their skill level is and what uh, they have been approved to use. Um, they do our fall arrest. We use the same, uh, something very similar to what the Nolan uh, does as far as our uh, fall protection certification. We've kind of tweaked that for us and made it California. And so we use that process in the first three hours. Uh, Dave will get through that. The, the next thing he does for the rest of that half day is he actually takes them onto a job site, introduces them to a team that we're going to assign them to uh, um, and uh, an apprentice and, and works with them for an hour. We, we, we provide them with a, a toolbox with the fundamental tools. Um, he will work with them for a couple hours, just get them acclimated. We found early when new apprentices, we, you know, they're, they're usually green. They have not really had much time, but they've never worked in too many jobs. So they need a little handholding. Uh, but that, that hour of time spent on the job with Dave after he's, they've already got to know him on the, at the shop, taking them out and, and introducing to the team and getting, working alongside them and kind of helping them to get through the first training modules. Uh, has been a real plus. We started doing that about a year ago. We found that we found that our uh, apprentices adapted much faster. You know, they felt comfortable on that that handoff. Um, so, a, apprentice um, to move into the next 30 days, we have an apprentice one, apprentice level one, and uh, they has um, I think it's it has five modules in the apprentice one. They have 30 days. So, how we structure that is they have 30 days to uh, pass. Uh, the, each one of those modules and they're, they're, they're stuff that just makes them productive right off. It's a, a shop setup, uh, uh, product knowledge. They have to read through the product. We have a product knowledge uh, one. We have a glossary of tools. Uh, we have a job site cleanup and we have customer service. So they're very basic. It gets them acclimated. They have 30 days to go through the on. We have a, we use a, we use a method of uh, uh, open book test, so we have a lesson they have to do. They submit that online. Uh, then they have a closed book test that they just have to take the test. Um, has five questions, pretty basic. Um, and then they have to be signed off by their their job leader that they communicate. They, they, they have to in that 30 days, they have to go to their job leader and say, OK, I've set up the shop. Here's, you know, the the uh, you know, they set up our shop in the morning. They've been signed off. They've done job site cleanup. And um, basically it's just the job leader saying, yes, they've done this and they give them a sign off and that's submitted online through a web form. And uh, they have 30 days to get through that training. We are very adamant. If they do not have all those five done in 30 days, then uh, we cut them loose. And that's our 30 day first evaluation. We'll, we'll let them go. Um, we've done that. Uh, not, not many, but a couple. Um, but if we, if, if we find, if they don't, if they don't engage in the training in the first 30 days, they're probably not going to make it anyway. You know, um, before we didn't have that strict rule, uh, but now if they don't do those five, they're out. Um, the next step would be the. Do you want me to move on to the ninety day? The, the yeah. So, so it sounds like yeah. the first thirty days is about getting them as productive as, as possible as quickly as possible. So things that you don't need to be a rocket scientist to learn how to set up the shop, right? No. And you spending an hour doing that, you probably be as productive or close to it as you know, a P2 or a job leader doing that, right? So yeah. it's yeah. about focusing them on what they can be efficient at to company standards as quickly as possible. 
Um, so after that 30 days, that, that's when you kind of move them on to the, 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 the trade skills, so to speak. Yeah, we, we would, um, that first, you know, the, the next 90 days, the apprentice uh, two is the next 60. So in, in those, um, we have some of the fundamentals in that. And I'll read those real quick. It's caulking, filling nail holes, airless pump cleaning, um, uh, scra uh, scraping and sanding. Uh, we have interior wall and uh, ceiling prep, um, interior washing trim, um, and uh, checking your work. So very just the fundamental basics is the P2 or excuse me, uh, apprentice two. Um, and we have, we have 60 days to get through that training. Another, if they don't have those trainings done, um, they they're self self-guided. I mean, they can do the open book and closed book tests on their own. So they, they don't have to have any, they don't have to come to a class. They don't have to do anything. It's all online. Um, the hand sign off, they just have to go, you know, those things within the next 60 days, they're going to have an opportunity to do, we figure each one of those tasks. Um, and uh, um, so within that 90 days, now we've got, uh, uh, before they move on to apprentice three, so we have ours broken down into three steps, apprentice three, um, we've got 90 days, they've, they can do, you know, an apprentice one activity and apprentice two activities, you know, it's pretty much if they can do those tasks that, that that's taking up, you know, that's about half the task that's on an exterior paint job is right there. Right. Um, right. You know, you know, 50% of their day can be productive right off the bat. And now they're cleaning up and setting up for our team. And now I don't have my, you know, we don't have our leads, uh, you know, our job leaders or our advanced painters or painters doing tasks that an apprentice within 90 days can execute. They just need oversight. Right. So, yeah. I mean, I, I remember in the uh, in a different life, I spent a summer uh, as an apprentice and I got dropped off this one big house one time and the job was you eight hours to paper the floor of the entire interior, right? Yeah, so that, right. that was our whole day. And that's something that I, I was trained on the first day there. So ability to kind of make make the best out of having someone who uh, doesn't know a whole lot. So right. are, are, are there any kind of... Um, I mean, there's, so there's checkpoints, the 30 days, then the 60 days. So they're, they're learning the A2 stuff in the first 30 days as well, right? But then I expected sure. to sure. be competent at that until the test of the, of the last uh, 90 days, correct? Okay. Yeah. We, um, I just think when you talked about the competency on those tasks too, we rate them, we give them five stars. So a five star is that you are totally competent, can execute that on your own. So your job leader... Um, it would give you a five star. You can, you're good. If you've just attempted the task and you've got your bearings around it, you would, might get a one star. So they're rated on that. Their pay advances based on the stars. I mean, a, a five star, you know, an, an apprentice um, for us, an apprentice two uh, to, to be, if he had five stars and everything through apprentice two, uh, they would be at 17, just about $17 an hour uh, at, at through apprentice two. You know, I mean, so if you get five stars through all the way through that, you're already at 17. So hmm. um, you can't, you know, you, in, in our market, you can't get, you, that's not a price, that's not a wage you can get to going to Chipotle or somewhere else right. within 90 days. Yeah. Right. So the, some of the biggest pushback that as coaches we get, I, I get this and, and you, you might get this sometimes is um, creating a culture at your company where the guys and you know, everyone really doesn't mind training because training takes time. 
it's yeah. intensive, right? I, I just want to paint. I don't want to have to train someone who doesn't know anything. So how, yeah. how have you generated this culture at your company? Um, and what advice would you give to someone whose company is struggling with this and has guys who are kind of old school or aren't, don't consider themselves trainers and you're now asking them to take on this burden? You know, I think, I think structure is key. So you need to have a, a path, you know, the learning path. You need to have something that gives it structure that the focus is. And then once you have that structure, um, I think it's always, uh, you know, I've, I've helped companies try to implement a training program. They need to start with the basics. So it's apprentice one and get that down so that you have your apprentice level. So you, you need to start with apprentices. And then once you can talk to your team and then start to do when you're with your job leaders to get the culture is realizing the value of an apprentice. Um, we actually, we, you know, we, we allow, I mean, I encourage our job leaders with a new apprentice. They say, well, you know, I can, I, that's fine for the job setup. They can do that. They can do a few of the prep work. They can mask, they can put up drops, but about middle of the day, I don't have anything for them to do. And they're, they're just, they're dead weight, you know? So we actually have uh, this year promoted for that middle section that we pay, we'll, we, the, the, the crew can, the, the individual can then punch in for the middle of the day for an hour or two to go through the training modules on, and, and uh, on, on the iPad or if they have their, you know, we have an iPad on every job site, go through the training modules and they can punch out during the middle of the day and work on, uh, work on their training and then get back for, you know, spend an hour work on some training and then get punched back on the job and help clean up the job. So that's helped a little bit, but we've also just, you know, I, I've explained to my job leaders, you know, we, we've just over the, over the years, we've just talked about if this apprentice is costing us, even if they only work half the day, they're still cheaper than you, you know, it's still cheaper than what you're making to be able to do this. Um, so we really encourage that. And we, we talk a lot, a lot about it. Um, and it's, it's taken a while. It wasn't easy. Um, I currently, uh, my, my leads at this point, the culture has did this tilt. We've tipped, um, my, um, you know, about a year ago, a year and a half ago, uh, my crew leaders were crew leaders, job leaders were sending home the painters in the middle you know, at half day and keeping the apprentices because they realized how it impacted the budget, how it, uh, uh, you know, how the, their, their productivity would be. Um, so that became a problem because we lost some really good painters because they were right. half days, you know, so we had, you had to be careful with that, but how about that? Uh, yeah. yeah. So the culture, it takes a while to get, but you really have to do the, you have to do a lot of the P and L budget showing them what their job looks like having an apprentice and how it impacts the bottom line of their productivity. And if you right. can, and so have training modules that are very black and white, narrow them down, get everybody on board. The other thing too is the one more thing would be um, when when you create your apprentice one and two modules, if you have not done that, you know, if you're using the learning pathways, just make sure your team, I would always facilitate bringing in my leaders and say, look at this training. Is this the way we would do it? And get the your team, your crew leaders in a round table, your job leaders um, and your painters and say, is this the way you would want to train them? And let them tweak that training to what they, because this is the way we do it here. We don't do it like East Coast. We don't do it like the West Coast. Make it ours and now get them to buy in that that's 
now we've got to have, now we have to train our apprentices to do it our way. And uh, so I think that's a big key component. Yeah. Do you, do you encourage delegating training, right? So obviously there's a job leader running the job is doing training, but you know, could a P1 or a P2 sometimes mm -hmm. take on the training mm -hmm. load of, of an A1 or an A2? Yeah, so the A1 and A2 can be uh, a painter or an A1, A2 can be signed off by the hand sign off could be done by a job leader or what we would say is in our in our step ladder would be an advanced painter. Um, so a job leader or an advanced painter can sign off the hand sign off. Um, but we, you know, we don't we don't really have a firm structure on training like how to do it. Um, so it's more of on the job training. You know, we, we, you know, apprentice should, should not be far behind you. You should be with you working. So we just train that. So it's not like we're setting aside time to train a certain task. Um, so we, we just expect that to happen as it's going along and that, and, and that the apprentice is driving that behavior and our field supervisor, excuse me, our job leaders know that this apprentice needs to be signed off on these tasks. And um, so, if they get the opportunity, they're going to work alongside them. Um, we also um, probably one more. So it's uh, we have Dave uh, is is our safety coordinator. He's also a painter, uh, but he's basically doing the safety, doing the, uh, he's migrated into that role and he's helping with training along with Raul, who is our trainer. Um, so I have I do have two people that are halftime trainers. So they'll go to job sites and we we encourage our apprentices to reach out to them if they need help with something. And then um, and then our uh, Dave, when he's going by and doing audits, he has a list of all the apprentices that are on. You know, he looks at who's on this job site and he goes and sees them and asks them, how's it going? What do you need help with? How can I help you? Um, so we do delegate it to our to Dave uh, mm -hmm. as kind of kind of nurturing through it, nurturing them through. Um, that answers your question there. Yeah, so absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So um, one of the, the the common things that I see in, in here uh, from talking to people is uh, there's there's a kind of a, a, um, a gap, a skill gap between uh, the, the people who are running the job and the apprentices, right? I can find apprentices, I can't find painters, but I do have job leaders and crew leaders. Um, mm -hmm. And job leaders and crew leaders are saying they're, they're you know, they're getting burnt out because they're constantly having to, to produce because they're the only ones who really who can do the spraying and write and be productive yeah. and train at the same time. Um, is there a, a ratio of apprentices to trainer that you would, would recommend? And I guess what advice would you give to someone in that situation where their, their job leaders are saying, you can't hire any more people. I can't train anyone else. I'm already maxed out. Yeah. You know, we, um, I kind of look at it uh, that each, so we, we currently have 13 uh, job leaders. So uh, 13 job sites are running every day. Um, and we, I kind of have the, the gut feeling or the, the, that what works for us is that if a job leader has a painter or an advanced painter on his crew, so if, if, if he has a painter or advanced painter for us, um, and those, uh, uh, if, if he has them on the crew, they can support having a, a one apprentice, one or two. Apprentice one or two can be on their team, uh, along with apprentice three. So apprentice three has already gone through the, you know, it's been there 90 days, 
has gotten the, you know, he, he doesn't need to be, he doesn't, maybe that's the wrong word, doesn't need to be, doesn't need to have a 10 foot rope against them. A three, a A3 should be able to function during the day mm-hmm. and an apprentice three and, and get most of his day productive. Um, that's within 90 days. So you're taking 90 days and we're adding those on to the team. So if you have a painter and an, a, an apprentice three, we feel we can put on a apprentice uh, one or two can join that team. So they do, a, a job leader does need a painter though. He needs an, a painter or a painter, an advanced painter on his team to be able to support the attention it needs for an apprentice one or two. Um, so gotcha. we, we, we run in, in a three to four, four man teams. So three to four and uh, apprentices one and twos will always need to come along with a painter um, if not, it gets really rough. Yeah. yeah. You, so, yeah. so a job leader, a painter one or painter two of, of some kind, uh, and then an apprentice, and you could do an A3 in, in there as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We think the A3, like right now, um, we, have, uh, we have 13 job leaders and we have 15 A3s. So we have an A3, apprentice three level. That means they're between 90 and one year. So we have uh, the job leaders, we have 13, we have, um, we have three advanced painters and, and seven painters. Uh, so what's that total of 10? So we have 10 crews that have a painter and apprentice painter. So we, have, we feel that we have the ability to put 10 uh, apprentice one and twos on jobs. And at that, that's probably our limit because we have 10 painters. So we could put mm-hmm. 10 apprentice apprentice one and twos in that group, but we have 13. So we actually have a job, uh, an apprentice three, almost on every crew. Yeah, we, that's in that one year range. Um, and, and that seems to be the mix for us. And you, and you subscribe to the belief that it takes about a year to get someone to a P1 as well? Yeah, um, we, yes. Yes, uh, we, we work on, uh, actually, so we have another cutoff. An individual within a year, if they do not pass, if they do not graduate to P1, a painter one, within a year, then their job is at risk to be let go. And they know that we communicate. We don't, it's not a firm rule on that one, um, but it is, it, they're, they're going to be the first to be laid off in the winter or the first, they, they know that their job is at risk. It is a goal to get through apprentice three to uh, within a year. Yeah. So what, what mistakes do you see contractors making most often when training new apprentices? Are there any kind of things that you, that you see uh, and any themes in that way? You know, I, yeah, I think, um, I, I, I think, A, they're not setting the groundwork first in what the goal is. You know, they're not taking the time, which I mentioned earlier, to set the, this is our process. We have a 30, 90 day the, the, uh, 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 I see uh, crew leaders and painters and job leaders, they need to know that they're not just stuck with this individual. You know, it's, it's like we have 30 day plan and we have a 90 day plan. If they're not cutting it, we're going to get them out because we know we're going to weed through them. We know that they're going to come and go. We hired, uh, we hired an apprentice uh, last Thursday, came on, we onboarded them uh, Friday afternoon. They're thinking, I don't think this is for me. On Monday, they worked half day and said, I, I'm out. This is not for me. 
And uh, so that, that individual is out. We did a lot of leg work, making sure they had, they had good, you know, we, we do some leg work up front. We don't just hire anybody that comes in and uh, they passed the drug test. They passed all the you know, driving tests or not driving, but driving record. And, but they just figured out that they were trying something new and it's not a fit. So we're real, we're real conscious with telling our team. So I would say companies don't communicate what the plan is for the crew. Um, the second one was what I mentioned about the training modules, making sure what you're training, Apprentice 1 and 2s, bringing people in, that, that your team agrees to that training. Uh, that, that's probably one of the biggest things I feel is really needs to be done. Yeah, that, that if your team doesn't believe the training is worthwhile or that the setting up a shop, that's not the way it's not like that. We have that. We call it the LP way. It's the Lancaster painting way, LP way. If this is how we set up a shop, it's expected. It's in our audits. So everybody's on board. And if I can train an apprentice to set up a shop and tear down a shop every day, exactly how it's supposed to be. We should be able to do that in a day or two, two times. And then they're, they're efficient setting up the shop. They get to the job site. First thing you do is set up the shop, stage it, mm -hmm. get everything ready. Um, so if you can get your team on board with the training, and that's probably the biggest thing I've seen people do on several have said, okay, we're going to apply the learning pathways. They bring it in and they just train the apprentices, the apprentice one and apprentice two, but their crew leader doesn't know what we just trained them. We don't, we doesn't, doesn't know what to expect from the, 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 the apprentice one and two. And it's like, well, now the apprentice gets out there and the, this, this crew leader says, I don't want that shop set up. I don't need it. You know, they don't, we don't do that today. And, and they don't, they don't support the behavior. So that's probably the biggest mistake. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. It's like if you're teaching a, uh, a fried cook at McDonald's to cook a burger, they could, they should be able to walk into any McDonald's and be able to cook the burger to yeah. the manager's expectations right? the same way as training an apprentice. Right. They should be able to right. go to any, any crew and set up a shop exactly this the right way. Right, um, right. Just systematized. Yeah, and a lot of what you're saying makes sense and showing showing them then the profit and loss, how beneficial it is. And I keep thinking of, of sharing the vision of why are we doing this? Why is it important to bring pe people in? Um, where are we going as a company? Where, where do you want to go in the company? You can only get there as a job leader wanting to move up uh, with people coming in below you, right? Uh, yeah. Kind of a yeah. rising tide, kind of lifts all boats. Uh, yeah. Kind of theory. Um, is there any kind of, you know, I, I think we, we've covered a, a lot of um, the, the good lessons here and kind of uh, problems people have around apprentices. Is there any kind of last nugget of, of wisdom you may have for people who are still kind of saying, I, I don't know if I, I can handle this? Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> You know, I think uh, probably the thing that was going to come to mind with uh, the, the the painters, you know, when we're talking about crew leaders that don't want apprentices, right? Uh, that that we've, you've got to get the you've got to change the tide with them. You have to spend a ton of time with them. But I always find it interesting, and I highlight it, and I just I bring it up, and I just talk about it like a bunch when we hire a painter that has all these bad attitudes, bad traits. And it's like, wow, you know, this is what you wanted was painters, right? You know, you, you wanted painters. Yeah. So we've hired painters. This guy has seven years painting. And it's like, yeah, but he's horrible. He's just a mess. Mm. I said, you know, so I, I just read when, when, when we hire one or I have other companies hire them and they're complaining about painters, 
that they've gotten somebody else's old baggage. It's like, this is why we need to train. We need to create them the way you want to create them. And you, mm -hmm. you've got to take the time to invest in training these individuals and working them up the way that you want them, our way. Um, so, you know, I, I think that's probably the, the you know, the, the, the mistake people think is that if, if they were successfully hiring painters and building their team, then they wouldn't even need to think about apprentices. Right. But the reason, the reason we're contemplating this is because we can't build a team with painters. We can't, you know, they're, they're not there. So we, we, it's, we're, we, we have to do this in a right way. And if we do it the right way, it becomes successful. Right. It's kind of like a, a conveyor belt idea, right? There's a, there's a hundred foot long conveyor belt and you want the finished product right now. Right. So you don't want to yeah. go through the, the time of going through the whole conveyor belt, but you got to start somewhere. Right. So you're, I guess your paintings at the point where the conveyor belt is consistently producing apprentices mm -hmm. into P1s when you already you already got the P1s, right? You, but you, you got to start somewhere yeah. here. Um, so it, it's it's the definition of doesn't feel effective to hire an apprentice, but you got to start mm -hmm. somewhere. Yeah. Um, yeah. You just got to do it and bite the bullet a little bit um, and trust that within a year, you're going to have a, a painter who knows yeah. your way your way of doing things I, yeah definitely i think i actually i think it's almost less i think four four to six months you can have an apprentice that has the right attitude that has a little bit of hustle that is a is a fit can be about 80 percent effective as a painter as a as a five-year painter 10-year painter i mean because he's doing all 80 percent of what we do you know and i'm people might waver on that but it's not going to be less than 70 70% of the labor that we're doing is can be executed by a good attitude, somebody with some hustle that's mm. took the time to learn how to mask, scrape, clean up, um, caulk, putty, you know, doing those fundamental basic prep work. It's 80% of the job. When we bid the work, it's 80% of the job. You know, so they they can, you know, we if we spend the time up front, you can end up having an apprentice doing 80% of the work that you're currently paying a crew leader almost double to do. Um, and I think too many people oversee that they don't, they, they miss it, that we don't need, you know, we don't need a hundred percent painter. We just need a 70% painter that is in a, that does great prep work, great attitude. Um, you know, and I think when that tide turns, um, it's, uh, we would never be where we were if we didn't just stay consistent and keep pushing, uh, you know, yeah. Last week, uh, last week, uh, our crew leader meeting. We went around success and challenges and, and out of those uh, out of those 13 job leaders, almost the common theme around that was the, was the success of our apprentices this year and how they're engaging and how they're working. And uh, so that's, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. It's, a, it's, a, it's a beautiful thing. That, that's what, what you could have, too, if you just turn the tide. Right. That's, that's yeah. what we got to get people to do. Well, thanks so much, Steve, for your time um, sure. and sharing your wisdom with us. This was awesome. Very informative. And uh, hopefully we'll have you on in the not too distant future. Great. Glad to be here. Glad to be here. Thanks so much. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode. Out of the Hourglass is recorded and produced by the team at Nolan Consulting Group, a nationwide business consulting firm with coaches located around the country. Have a question, comment, or idea for a future episode? We'd love to hear from you visit our website, www.nolancg.com.